Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. Let's get into God's Word today. Let me take a breath. Let's welcome everybody watching online today, everybody. Give them a big hand clap for being with us today. If you didn't realize, we like to clap at church. And so we're kicking off a new series today called Summer in the Psalms, and uh, we're going to begin with the very first psalm. Psalm chapter 1 today is where we're going to begin. And I, I think when I think about the psalms, I love the psalms, that, but, but the psalms is much more than just a, a, a beautiful song that we sing. Um, it's much more than just a, a, a poem, that the psalms is something that gives us encouragement. That really, it's an excellent representation of our life as humans. Because David in the Psalms, this is how he starts. He starts with how bad things are sometimes. And in the Psalms, you'll read it, he's like, my enemies are coming against me. I'm going to die. Oh, God, the world's coming to an end. And then he's like, but thanks be to God to give me the victory. He starts off kind of crazy, but he always ends really well. And it's just a picture of humanity and how we deal with struggles with our faith and with suffering and God's presence. The the psalm shows us pain and joy and insight into the boundless love that God has for us. We're going to take the next couple weeks and we're going to look at some psalms. And I believe that as we get into these psalms, they're going to be life-changing for you. They're going to be things in your life that you're going to change, things that are going to encourage you. The psalms demonstrate God's unchanging promises to us, no matter our circumstances. And I'm starting with Psalm chapter 1 today because it is the foundation, I believe, not just because it's number one, but because it's the foundation of the entire book. When you look at the book of Psalms, he starts to, and you start with Psalm chapter 1, he starts to break down a couple different uh, um, roads that we can walk on. And I, I read, I'm going to read to you Robert Frost's great poem called The Road Not Taken. And I was reading it this past week, and I love this, this poem. It's a, it's a poem that, that really allows us to think. It, it allows us when it comes to choices in our life and whether we should go with mainstream or whether we should go at it alone. We are living in a society today that's very, when I say society, I'm not talking about people that don't know Jesus. I'm talking about people that claim to know Jesus right now in our society, which is about 27% uh, that claim to know Jesus that are that, that would considered to be Christian. 3% of that group uh, attend church every one, uh, uh, every uh, four to six weeks. Thank God it's not you guys. I mean, that's somewhere else in the world. But uh, every four to six weeks, less than that, Uh, about one and a half of that percentage actually believes in absolute truth in our in our our world today we have a church today that's 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 starting to rise in a high level of uh, biblical illiteracy we don't know what the bible says and what we've done is we've gone with mainstream and we've left the book behind and we've went with culture, and we went with things of the world, and we've done, uh, you know, the lust of the flesh, and the, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and we've laid aside the most important, precious thing that we have as a Christian, and that's the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand upon the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. 
And Psalms chapter 1 is going to be a picture of really a relationship to the Word of God. But Robert Frost put it this way. He said, two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorrow, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that passing there had warned them really about the same and both that morning equally lay in leaves, no step and trodden black, Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, this is the best part, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. I think about that last phrase is that I chose a road that was less traveled and that made all the difference. In other words, I wasn't going with popular mainstream ideology. I wasn't living my life in a way that was just with popular mainstream culture, but I chose a road that is narrow. Pastor, you're telling me, and I'm telling you the truth when I say this, that one and a half to 2% believe in absolute truth. Absolute truth that the scripture is absolutely true. We, we live in a and truth is, and I started to talk about this last week, and truth is, is we take truth and we base it on experience. We say, well, this happened to me, so this must be true. This is how God wants me to enter. This is, this is how God interacts with me. So this is, how this, should, this is how it should be. And so a lot of our truth is based on experience. But Jesus never told us that that's how we're to handle truth. He never told us that truth was based on an experience. He told us that he was the truth. He told us that truth was not a concept and an ideology and a theology, that truth was a person. And when you get away from the person of Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life, which a lot of the church has gotten away as Jesus as the centerpiece, we've put man in the place of God. And when we've done that, what has happened is, is we've chosen a road that everybody else is going down. And when you choose a road that everybody else is going down, you're going to get the results that everybody else is getting. Psalm chapter 1 puts it this way. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do, but not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. Now, let me, let me say something to you this morning. Wicked is not talking about people necessarily that don't know Jesus. There is wickedness in the church today. Hey, Pastor, you're talking about witches again, and we did that a couple weeks ago. That's not what I'm talking about. Wickedness is immorality. Wickedness is a constant lifestyle of sinful behavior. 
And he says, this is how the wicked interact. And he says, they are worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. There are two paths, just like Robert Frost, there are two paths that God lays out in Psalm chapter 1. There's the path of the wicked and the path of the righteous, the broad path and the narrow path. See, I think it's funny that we want to argue truth. How many know truth is narrow in nature? No matter how hard you try to take two plus two and make it five, it's never going to be five. Two plus two is always going to be four. All of us in school wanted to take those numbers and mix them up so we could get a better grade. Amen. That was me at least. But two, point, two plus two is always going to be four. It's never going to be five, no matter how much you desire for it to be five. God's word is two plus two equals four. No matter how much you want to take it and put your humanistic spin on it, it's never going to be five. It's always going to be four. There are two roads in the scripture. There's a righteous road and there's a wicked road. One is narrow, which is the righteous road, and one is broad, which is the wicked road. I'm believing that through some sort of Holy Spirit revelation in our life, we would realize that we must choose the narrow road. We must take a step back from where we are in our relationship and, and ask ourselves, how do we choose the narrow road? Here's what he says in Psalm 1. He says that you're not to follow the advice of the wicked or stand in sinners or join in mockers, but delight in the law of the Lord. So this whole psalm is summed up in a question, and here's the question this morning. What is your relationship to the Word of God? What is your relationship to the Word of God? He says that you're supposed to be in the law of the Lord, you're supposed to delight in the law of the Lord, and you're going to meditate in that law day and night. So how, when we choose the path of truth, you're choosing a narrow path. When you choose the, the, the path of culture and humanism, and you are God, and I make my own decisions, God can't tell me what to do. God's never been there for me anyway. You know my experiences are the things that tell me how true God is, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. See, because God's truth is found within his word. So what is your relationship to the word of God? And I'm going to give you three and let you examine yourself out of Psalm chapter 1. Number one is planted in the word. You can be planted in the word. Psalm 1 says it this way. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Another word says blessed is the man. Uh, happy is the man. Blessed, secure, filled with joy is the man that chooses, listen to what he says, who does not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but delight in the law of the Lord, how? Meditating on it day and night, that you will be like a tree planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in its season. Their leaves never, never wither and they prosper in all that they do. The word delight means that you take pleasure in. It means to bend your life in a direction. 
He says that you take delight in the word of God. You're planted in God's word. You take delight in it. It's not a, it's not a struggle for you. It's not, should I base my life on the word? It's I'm planted in God's word, and God's word is the thing that I delight in every single day of my life. You delight, he says to delight, he says to meditate in it. It means to mutter, it means to muse over. It means it's constantly in the forefront of your mind. Listen to me today, if you're going to have different results in your life, you have to change what you've been doing. There's no other way to change your life and, and, and expect uh, the definition of insanity is pretty much doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. It's just not going to happen. So he says, you must meditate, you must mutter or muse over, and he says that you'll be like a tree planted. It means, the word plant means to set something in the ground. It, it is to establish it. See, planting is intentional. It requires a gardener. It requires a gardener to take a tree and to plant it into the ground. He would, and here's what would happen is he would look for good soil. The best place to find good soil was by the riverbank. It had moisture, it had water, it had, and he could establish his root system by the, by the water, by the water bank. He says by the riverbank. And so he says that when you plant and you put yourself intentionally in God's word and you plant yourself in God's word, he said, here's the result, prosper. Psalm 1, this is all in there. He says, you'll prosper. That word prosper means to advance. It means to make progress. If you haven't been successful and you haven't been making progress, guess what? Back up. Have you been meditating? Are you planted? Are you delighting in the law of the Lord? He says that if you want to prosper and be successful, it means this means to be fruitful. And guess what? It's a promise of God. That if you plant yourself in God's word and you take your life and you plant yourself in God's word, this tree, when it's planted by the riverbanks, it will grow up. There's, there's, it starts with a seed, there's a little, 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 little thing. And you put that thing in the ground and over time, the potential is within the seed and you put it in the ground and all of a sudden it begins to grow. When it's in the right environment, he says he plants it, he, he finds good soil and he puts the plant, it puts the tree in by the riverbank, and you will prosper. John 15 says that you would bear much fruit. Prior to COVID, the Lord gave me a vision in 2019, and the vision was three trees. And in 2019, it was the end. We were ending 2019, going into 2020. And the Lord showed me three trees. He showed me 2019, 2020, and 2021. Those were the three trees he showed me. And in 2019, the tree that he showed me was an overgrown tree. It was a tree that had been overgrown. Nobody had ever touched it. And there was little baby, little baby fruits on it. And so he showed me this, that there was in the church, there was this overexertion of activity but there wasn't any fruit being produced by our activity. That we were doing a lot of things and our tree was getting overgrown, but we really weren't producing the fruit that God had for our life. In 2020, he showed me, again, this is 2019, he showed me this prior to 2020. I didn't know what was going in 2020, but he showed me the tree in 2020 being completely pruned. That in 2020, the tree, what had happened is the tree looked 
naked. Everything had been cut out, it had been trimmed, and it just looked like there ain't no way. This thing ain't, uh uh-uh, this ain't going to happen. Well, 2020, we have this thing called COVID that comes on the scene. A lot of people begin to freak out. A lot of people begin to to backtrack and isolate and those sorts of things and and for medical reasons, all that stuff. I get it. I'm I'm in. I'm there. We're, we're We're good. But I also noticed that 2020, that the church was more concerned about what was going on in culture than was actually going on in them. That 2020 was meant to be an opportunity for you to discover the areas in your life that God wanted to reveal as weak links that he wanted to use it as an opportunity to prune back the stuff so you could become fruitful in your life. But instead, we were glued to every news story. We weren't looking internal at the pruning process that God put in 2020. And 2021 rolls around. And for those that have experienced the pruning process in 2021 and 2022, some of you, let me say it like this. There were people that thought, see, there's some people that lost their job in 2020, and that's devastating. But listen to me for a minute. There There might needed to needed to be a cutting back to push you forward. There might needed to be a moment where I know it was tough, it was hard, but, but there was something that God was going to use in the middle of a mess, and he was going to take it, and he was going to take you further than you ever could go in the place you were in 2020. That's all about perspective. God would bring more fruit out of a devastating moment based on our decision to plant ourselves in the word of God. Are you planted? John 15 says that, that we would bear much fruit and that our fruit would remain. Go ahead and put my tree up. Prosperous tree. A prosperous tree. He says that you would be planted and that you would be a prosperous tree. It means that you would be fruitful. See, when you look at a prosperous tree, you see the root system in the, in the tree. It go, the, the, the root system goes deep into the earth. And as that tree goes deep into the earth, it gets its nutrients. It gets its life from what's underneath the surface. And I'm telling you now, if you're going to be planted, you better allow the root system of God's word to do something in you in the secret place. Some of you, listen, God wants to take you into a prosperous life. He wants to move you from where you are to what he has for you. But it's going to take you taking time when nobody else is watching to allow the root system of God's word to get down on the inside of you. But this is what I love about this picture is that roots go deep, they spread out. And the thing is, is that it holds the world or the earth that's around them in a, into a, it holds it in a moment. In other words, there is stability in this picture. If I was to show you a picture of shallow roots and, and to see this picture here, if the winds come and the rains beat up against it, oh, it might move a little bit, but it's not going far. The reason is, is because its root system is established deep into the earth. God wants us as Christ followers to make a decision 
on someone do we want to be planted? Are we going to go with mainstream with one and a half percent that believe in absolute truth, or are you going to be a person that's going to go down the narrow road and allow the root system of God to be planted on the inside of you, and he will prosper you because of it? See, the thing I love about this picture also is that root systems are built over time. Now, let me say this to you. Godly root systems and ungodly root systems are built over time. Some of you just need to get the shovel out. Come on, some of you need to get the, the backhoe out. And you need to get down in there with the word and allow it to be something that pulls up the ungodly stuff in your life so God can plant something brand new into your heart. That he can establish a godly root system in your heart. This thing brings shade. There's probably birdies up in the tree. Come on, somebody. But guess what that symbolizes? Is that it's not only is it blessing, a blessing to itself, but it is a blessing for others. See, a healthy tree, a bird can come and he can live in that thing, right? He can come live in that thing. So it becomes shade for others and a place for the, the birds to live. And, and God wants a planted life from his church. He wants the church not for it just to be about them, but he wants us to get planted in him, allow our root system to go down into his word, and then be a blessing to others. That's Psalm chapter one. Now here's the question. What's your relationship like with God's word? Are you planted? Psalm 119, 148 says, my eyes stay open through the watches of the night whew, that I may meditate on his promises. Can I tell you something this morning? Transformation happens when you're planted. We got so many people that aren't planted. They're not planted in a church. They're not planted in the house of God. They're church hoppers and shoppers. If you're one of those in this room, get planted somewhere. Here or elsewhere, get planted somewhere, right? Because when you get planted, and you allow your feet to take stability, and you're, all of a sudden there's this strength that comes, and press. so are you planted? Number two is this, there are people that are in relationship to the word, parted from the word, parted from the word. Psalm 1-4 says only this about the wicked. He gives the whole description about the righteous, and then he says this, but not the wicked. This is all he says about the wicked. He says, the wicked will not experience progression and blessing. He said, they're like chaff, scattered by the wind. See, chaff is simply this. It's a farmer would bring all his grain in, and he would put it on the concrete floor or the threshing floor, and then he would take some oxen, and he would take those oxen, and he would attach a he heavy wood to it, and it would, the, the oxen would walk over the grain, breaking up the good from the bad. He would, he would pull the good wheat from the stalk. He would take the dead from the alive. He would then take a, a winnowing or a willowing fork and he would throw it up in the air and the dead chaff would be blown away. He would put it on the threshing floor and he would take that fork and he would throw it up and the chaff would blow away. But the thing which was alive would remain. He says, he says the thing which would, would, would remain. And so the only value chaff had 
was that it would be thrown into the fire to be burned. So it is with the wicked, according to Psalm chapter 1. See, we have a tendency that we conform to our circumstances, scattered by the wind, instead of taking the narrow road. So how do we part from the word of God? Psalm 1 says, you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, you stand in the path of uh, ways of sinners, you sit in the seat of the scornful, we become a mocker. So how do you part? You walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You take counsel from culture. You don't take counsel from God's word. He says that we are not, how do we part from the word of God? Is that we stand in the way of sinners. Well, does that mean we're not supposed to reach people that are far from God? That's not what he's saying. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying this. He says, we stand in the way of sinners. In other words, our way of living is taken from the way a sinner lives his life. So he's saying, here's what he's trying to communicate to us, is that we start doing what they do. We, we, if, we, if we stand there long enough, we will eventually sit. He says, we walk, we stand, and we sit. He says, we sit in the seat of the scornful, and then he says, you become a mocker. You become a critical person. Can I tell you that critical people are not planted, they are parted. Critical people become a mocker of God. God says if you don't walk, stand, sit, you won't become a mocker. If you don't walk in the ways of sinful man. If you take the narrow path, he says you won't become a mocker and God will bless the path that he chooses, that you choose for your life. A parted person is a person that is like this tree. This tree, a parted person is like this tree. Now, this tree... Come on, somebody. You like my tree? I couldn't find one big enough. I told my wife to get the seven-footer from my in-laws, but she was like, I ain't putting that in the car. I'm bringing that with you. So we're going to go with a fake one. Praise God. I could use that and say something, but I will keep my comments to myself. But a parted person is somebody like this. I come to church on Sundays. I hear God's word. Right? I'm, here, I'm hearing God's word on Sundays. But then on Mondays, I sit, walk, stand in the seat of the scornful. So I live my life like that over here. So then I, then, then, then I might go to small group over here. Then I go to small group and I see all my brothers and sisters and I bring my Bible, the big one. And I go to small group and I enter and then, and then on Tuesday, I'm not, we're gonna go back over here and we're gonna walk, sit, sit, stand in the seat of the scornful. In other words, it's called a split life. A parted life is a split life. If I ask TJ to come up here right now and do the splits, I'm not going to do that, bro. <laughs> How many know that's painful? If I asked him to come up here and do the splits right now, it's painful. If I had him hold that position, 
How many know it gets exhausting? It gets messy. Listen, listen, when you start doing this, I go to church on Sunday, but I live completely different from God's truth on Monday, it starts to get messy. See, because your life becomes a back and forth life. You become a split person. You praise the Lord on Sunday, hallelujah. Bless his holy name forevermore. Shout it. And over here, you don't even pick up your Bible. So he says, the relationship to God's word, are you parted? Are you a person that's parted? You walk, stand, sit. Are you a mocker? See, because this tree, what happens is a parted tree. It's all on Sunday, but then on Monday, there's that, there's that website, and we go here. Or there's that opportunity to, to uh, compromise, and we go here, and then we go here. And we live this split lifestyle. At some point in our life, we have to decide, are we going to be planted? Or are we going to be parted? Are we going to become a mocker of God with our lifestyle? Does the world want what you got? Is the world okay with you saying, I serve Jesus on Sunday, but I live any way I want through the week? And then you try to convince people, well, take my Sunday Jesus with you. You can have my Sunday Jesus too. But your lifestyle is communicating that Jesus doesn't work Monday through Saturday to the people that need him to work Monday through Saturday. They need him to work Sunday to Sunday. They need a Jesus that's not just found on Sunday in a religious service, but that a Jesus that it can be found on Tuesday when I'm trying to crucify my flesh that I don't have to live a part of life from the word of God that I can anchor my roots into God's word and become a planted person. But some of you in this room, you are a parted person. You are parted in the word of God. Ephesians 4.14 says that we should no longer be children. Have you seen some of your Facebook pages? Have you seen some of your comments? You act like kids at 35 years old. Do me a favor. Stop being parted and grow up. Somebody clap for that right there, please. Here's the point. The point is this, is that he said we should no longer be children. Stop whining. Stop complaining. Parted people, ah, this, they don't do that. They don't do that. You know what parted people do? They poop on themselves and everybody else. All the guests just said, he said poop in church. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, we all do it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> he says, children, that's what children do. They whine, they complain. I want my sucker, give me my toy. <laughs> but when you're parted, you do the same thing. I want my Jesus the way I want my Jesus, and I want Jesus to conform to me, and if he doesn't conform to me, he must not love me. You do the same thing with Jesus. So the Bible tells us that we should no longer be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Listen, the idea of the wicked, the word wicked in Hebrew, it means to be loose and unstable. 
You ever met somebody that's unstable? One minute they're this way, and the next minute they're that. One minute they're, uh, next minute they're, uh, I mean, it's like it's all over. Unstable. We live that way in our lives with Christ. Because we choose a wicked lifestyle, apart from God's word, we live a loose and unstable life. Here's what planted means. Planted means we stay in one spot long enough to get our roots put down. We stay in one spot long enough to get our roots put down. Proverbs 12, 3 said, wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have deep roots. Now, those are the two paths that God gives you in Psalm 1. I found a third one. There's two in Psalm 1 that God gives you, but there is a third one that I found that in relation to the church and the worship team can come, is that the church is sneaky people. And I found a third way and a third idea and concept of how we are related or our relationship to the Word of God. Psalm tells us planted or parted, but I found a third one. It's called potted. Potted in the Word. Here's what potted in the Word means. I have my nice little container for my faith. And I only have room for what I want. See, we live this life and everything we need to feel good about ourselves is within our potted. So we take our life and we put it into a pot. We fill it with whatever we, we put a little bit of this and put a little bit of that and we put a little bit of this and put a little bit of that. But there's no room for nothing else. Oh, no, there's no room for generosity in this pot. Uh-uh, no. Serve day, you want me to take my Saturday where I got to mow the grass and go mow somebody else's? You live a potted lifestyle to the Word of God. See, because this plant can, or this tree can only grow as far as the restriction of the pot. And Christians, all the time, that's what we do. We just take our life and we say, we're just going to pot it. And we're going to fill it up with our own desires, our own lusts, our own ambitions, our own purpose, and our own desire. And this is as far as we get. And God says, listen, listen, no, 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 I don't want you to live potted. I want you to live planted. He said, I want you to not only have things for yourself, but he said, I want you to be a blessing for others. He said, he said, in the day and age in which we live, we have more potted Christians than we do planted Christians. Well, this is my vision. This is what God spoke to me. This is my vision. This is just, yeah, it's about you. It's about your vision. You're a potted Christian. You're potted when it comes to relationship of the word of God. See, it contains the split life. It contains that you're only going to go this deep in your relationship to God's word. You've put a cap on what God can do in your life. Listen, here's what I really believe about the potted lifestyle to the word of God, is that we are trying to figure out a way to be planted and parted all at the same time. We're trying to figure out a way for God and the world. People that are potted say things like this, God doesn't do that anymore. There's not room for that because I don't have room in my container to believe that God would do something big in my life. 
We just have our container that we live in. And God wants to pump vision and purpose and dreams and desires and things with on the inside of you. But listen to me, if you live a potted lifestyle to God's word, it can't happen. Some of you have potted friends. What do I mean by that? There's a restriction. The potted friendships are the people around you that say, hey, just stay in your pot. Stay in your pot. Stay right there. Because they can't see what God would do through your life anyway. There's just not room to believe. There's just not room to believe that God would do something greater. Listen, God put the capacity within the tree to grow large and fruitful, but it needs in an environment change. God put something on the inside of you that he called you in Psalm 1, a planted prosperous tree, but you're gonna have to change your environment. You're gonna have to make a decision to say, if I'm gonna be planted, I must meditate on God's word. I must make a decision to not take my counsel from the things of this world that I must choose the narrow path and I must go down the path with God's word. And as I go down the path with God's word, that see, here's the thing what you have to understand about a planted tree. Colossians 2, 7 says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. See, the winds and waves don't create you. They simply reveal what you're planted in. This isn't gonna produce much fruit in the pot. A parted tree its root system is shallow. It's not gonna produce the fruit it's needed. But when you plant your life into Jesus and adversity comes, see a, a, a tree that is planted, the only thing that will fall off a tree that is planted is fruit. So when adversity comes against this tree, of my life and I'm planting and adversity comes, the only thing that falls off is joy. The only thing that falls off is peace and long suffering and the fruit of the spirit. The only thing that falls off is the fruit of God falls off in the middle of a tree that's planted. My question to you this morning is, what's your relationship to God's word? Are you planted? Are you parted? Or are you potted? The only thing that needs to happen is that there needs to be a transplant. We need to get out of the pot. We need to get out of the split lifestyle and surrender to I am the way, the truth, the life. No man has a relationship with my father except through me, through the word of God. You can't have access to heavenly father without the word of God. You can't truly live a prosperous life without the word of God. So the question is, am I planted or am I potted or am I parted? Let's close our eyes this morning. I wanna pray for you today because I really feel like this is a serious moment within the church of Jesus Christ. It's very serious on the day and age in which we're living in. And it's very important that we make a decision 
to take the road less traveled, to take the road that will make all the difference. It's not a road of popular opinion in the mainstream. It is a word from God that every day I get up and I meditate on God's word and I take my cue from what the Bible says. I don't read into it. I don't put my humanistic view and twist on it. I take it for truth and I begin to apply it to every single area of my life, whether it's financial, whether it's healing, whether it's my marriage, whether it's my work relationships, whether it's my destiny, I take the word of God and I find out what God says about me and I start to plant myself in God's word. And then all of a sudden, out of that comes this beautiful relationship with God and your first response will be God's word that you planted yourself in. It will no longer be your last resort. It won't be you running to church to get help. It'll be you on Monday tapping down into to the root system of Psalm chapter one and saying, I'm drawing life today out of God's word because he sent his word and he healed my diseases. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And all of a sudden the word becomes my nourishing factor in my life. And I live my life from a place of being planted not parted or potted. Father, today, I pray for each person that God, that if there needs to be an environment change, we make that decision. Nobody else does it for us. If there needs to be changes in our life, we make them today. We make a decision to move out of these certain lifestyles and plant ourselves in relationship to God's word in Psalm chapter one. So today, I, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing your church back to a place of the Bible, of the truth, of God's word, that today, Father, we choose maybe the road less traveled, we choose the narrow path according to your word, and we know at the end it's going to make all the difference. And so today, I thank you. Maybe in this room today, and you say, Pastor, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're in this room, you say, Pastor, I've been living this parted, potted lifestyle, or maybe you don't even know Jesus. Maybe you've never made him the Lord of your life and you're like, how do I even start? It starts with making a decision for him. And if today you say, pastor, that's me, I wanna make a decision to follow Jesus with my life. I wanna surrender it all today. I wanna give it all to him. And I wanna begin this planted lifestyle. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? I wanna pray for you. Nobody looking around, just slip up your hand. You say, that's me, I need to come home. I need to make that decision today, okay? If you're watching online, same for you. Type the word yes in the comments. We're going to pray today. Father, in the name of Jesus, for those that raise their hand today, that need to come into relationship or come renew the things in their life, God, the, the, the place where they've been parted and potted today, thank you today that they're coming home to you. If everybody in the room, just repeat this prayer right after me by faith. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me raising from the dead for me. I ask you to come into my heart today. Make me a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. Thank you today that I'm saved, that I'm a new creature. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a big hand clap today, everybody?
Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.